I am willing to bet that at our core, most of us are seeking a deep and vulnerable connection with someone and have it be reciprocated back. In my impressions of society, this seems to be a state that very, very few people have reached or are even able to reach. They may know that they want it on some level, but may not know how or where to begin to go about reaching this level with another. So what could be the reason for this seemingly deep-seated quest that goes unfulfilled and what is preventing us from reaching it? Of course, it does take two to be open to such a thing, but how much of it also depends on our level and relationship with ourselves? All of this is expanded upon in detail coming up in this episode. But before we begin, I wanted to give a shout out to those who have been participating in our live Q&As, sharing our episodes with those who are open to new ways of life, and leaving us ratings and reviews on iTunes. Recently, we've also had a handful of people contact us privately to offer gratitude and their vulnerability in voicing what this podcast has meant to them. It's always so awesome to hear feedback and praise. A little reminder that, to me, I am doing what I was called to do and living my design and on my life path. I wish you all the same praise in whatever it is that you do. And when you get it, don't forget to pause and receive. Breathe it in. And with that, let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility hello everyone Alexander and Aaron here with the wise wise podcast and we wanted to uh, just flip things around a little bit today and we're going to bring a little fresh perspective and we're going to start off this episode with um, me asking Aaron a question. In today's uh, episode, we're going to discuss vulnerability and the way that that is showing up in today's times. Um, the fact that I feel like there's a big need for it, but it does create communication issues, whether someone... Say one person is able to be very vulnerable and then they're speaking with somebody that is very protective, uh, very private. So I'm going to start off in the beginning here to ask you, where would you say that your vulnerability could be practiced or that you would like to be more vulnerable? And once again, this is going to be interesting of that I want to get around to how do we actually practice this vulnerability? But is there an area in your life that you can be open with our people that uh, you would like to increase that? Because vulnerability goes in many different directions. Most of the time when people hear that, they are thinking more uh, intimate 
relationships. But we're going to be talking on a, even a wider scale today. But, but yeah, how about that vulnerability for you? So are you asking where I could be more vulnerable in my life sharing with the people, with everybody out there, or just where in my life do I feel like in general? I think uh, just starting off with just any area that you just feel like you could you could or would be willing to actually work toward being more vulnerable. That could be in general or it could be somewhere very specific. Um, you know, and I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but uh, but yeah, just more so not the most vulnerable, but just something that pops up. I like being put on the spot with these questions because it actually pushes me to be more vulnerable. Right. I do like the feeling of pushing myself to do those things because I've always had a protective barrier, uh, especially in my relationships, of things that I was not willing to let go of myself. Like I felt like I was, uh, lo- I would lose myself if I gave everything to a relationship, which is right. a, a weird thing, I guess. In in hindsight, for me, where about where I am now, I feel like in order to have the type of relationship I want, I have to be as vulnerable as possible. And that and that does get back to, you know, what we'll expand on is why are you in a relationship, or why am I in a relationship? Why is anyone in a relationship? And I do feel that that's a question that most people don't ask themselves. So to get back to your question. Uh, this is an ongoing thing. And I, and I think that the place where I want to be more vulnerable is in my, my relationship with you, Alexander. Wow, <laughs> it is. A good place. Cause I, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm able to be vulnerable with, with almost anybody else <laughs> in my life. But just, our, I mean, we were just talking about this, our dynamic and the immense pressure of me knowing that you can see everything that I do and, and even when I share, there's still a lot of self-judgment that I have in myself that I, I'm aware of, but I have to overcome that in order to be more vulnerable with you because I do feel like you can see everything, so I project my self-judgment onto you as if it's coming from you, but it's really my own. And yes. I, I am aware of that dynamic, but it is this is one of the hardest things that I've, I've had in am dealing with is my own self-judgment right and would you say that that you see the benefits of working on this vulnerability where i'm concerned and how that would affect like your more intimate relationships or your family relationships because i found it interesting that you said that you find it the most challenging to be vulnerable in front of me either would you say that's due to my level of observation or our level of connection? I think it has to do with your level of awareness and observation because with somebody like my family, my dad or my mom, I know this is a weird thing to say and it might be a judgment or it's an observation. Like I I know I'm way more aware of everything than they are. So Mm -hmm. I guess any amount of vulnerability that I have with them is a plus. Right. Like because they're they don't know, they don't see and observe everything that could be, I guess. I don't know if that's a weird way of putting it. So would you maybe consider that the more a person can see in another person, potentially that could be connected to the ability of them to be vulnerable? 
seems like an interesting correlation. Because first of all, I'll start with asking, do you feel that I'm a vulnerable person? Yes. And would you say that you've experienced people in your life or a person that has shown you more vulnerability? No. Okay. So in helping people to understand this, we want to bring in that this is playing roles for people because we've just come to the realization that I have exemplified more vulnerability than anybody throughout your life, and I'm not putting words in your mouth. You're in agreement with that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you feel most likely to be judged or ridiculed or critiqued by me because of my ability of observation. And this is very important that want people to see that many times the people that we can connect to the deepest, we protect ourselves from the most. Absolutely, yeah. And this is very important to, to, to get across because this is going to connect to intimacy. Mm-hmm. And those of us that are seeking intimacy in relationships vulnerability is walks hand in hand with that intimacy. So those of you that do go through judgment and separation from others and getting hurt when you feel like you've been vulnerable, taken advantage of, this is a great example that more than likely there is a degree of respect on that other end, but they're dealing with their own stuff and you're playing a role like a mirror. And now we've been working together almost five years and this whole topic of this, this podcast today come from a personal conversation that we just started behind the scenes in talking about that. And this started from a question I asked Aaron, um, I, I don't know, a few months back when I said, what level of vulnerability, what percentage of vulnerability did you feel like you showed to me? And he answered very quickly about 70%. Now, at that moment... I'll ask you to to confirm this, but I felt like you thought that that was like a high amount. But to me, it was a little questioning of why only 70 when I feel like I've shown you 100. And so just take it from there and kind of expand on on what your experience was there. I think internally, I mean, I, I know that it's a lower amount than what I'm able to do recently because of this work with others. And in my past relationships, I haven't been able to get that high. But then I felt like, well, if I started over with somebody, I feel like I could be initially more open and vulnerable because it would be starting clean. And and maybe in like past relationships, because I was in one when I when I met you Mm -hmm. and I felt like the old me kind of just created so much energetic sludge that it would it was hard to suddenly turn on a switch because of the roles that we've played between each other for so long that there was almost like expectations of how I should behave and react and and uh, relate in that relationship so I just it was too much to overcome to suddenly change into like this vulnerable person it was weird I, it was like I was stuck playing a role and I to a certain degree not so much in in so much as like in that relationship, but I do feel like there is some of that where I'm battling my past self in this, where mm-hmm. I'm ha- having to overcome how in my head, how I've acted kind of in our relationship. And now that I've, I've grown a lot, I'm having to 
you know, chop away at those old like expectations of myself or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird thing to think about, but yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's why we wanted to bring this subject up today is that intimacy and vulnerability has always been an issue in our culture from my perception. It certainly was in my family and it's what sent me going in a different direction to look for something different because what I experienced in my family was people coming together at holidays and family get-togethers and then walking in the front door and me seeing the couple uh, not talk again until they get ready to leave and, and gather up the kids. And so there was no intimacy. I didn't. It looked more like a business. And I simply went, I don't know what true intimacy in relationships is when I was a teenager, but I see that it's not this. And so that's what sent me in a different direction to approach relationships completely different. Now with what I have learned through intimacy and practicing that and vulnerability and now working with many other people throughout all these years, I love getting people's takes on this. And that's why I wanted to start off with the question uh, to to Aaron today to to kind of give this uh, a view of connecting it to these roles that we play for each other, connecting intimacy and vulnerability, and then seeing that right now the times that we're in, that intimacy and vulnerability seems to be getting smaller and smaller because more and more people are going into protection. And so... So a major communication problem right now with people in general is people that are looking to be vulnerable and communicate, and then others that are looking to attack and be protected. And so it creates a very interesting dynamic, and what it does is it makes people that are holding vulnerability and compassion to be the ones to seem like they're taking the chance to get more injured. Now, so with what you just said, is there something that we get from being vulnerable as a human that may be something energetically that we maybe cannot replicate uh, any other way? Kind of like the question that we've talked about a few times, including on our Q&A, which is about like human touch, that the fact that we we have limited human touch right now, and that's a, a source of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. But you've you were able to explain it like now is the time to focus on other ways that we can have that sort of closeness with people. But let's talk about just being vulnerable, you know, on a personal level. Is there something that we get from that that we can't get any other way? Yes, I have a a wonderful saying that uh, gets a lot of reactions, some responses too. but you may only love as deeply as you're willing to suffer. So. What that means is that you don't have to suffer, but most loving mothers, if you ask them what they would do for their child, there is no level of suffering that they wouldn't go through for that child. See, it's not that they have to or that they will. It's just that they would. And so what that does is, and that's not just with the mothers, it's some fathers as well, but it's, the, it's more the feminine energy, that nurturing side. And what they get to experience is deeper levels of love and connections to that child than anyone else. So what you receive out of vulnerability is deeper experiences of love, deeper experiences of connection, because you're able to absorb more 
And, but that also brings in the likelihood to get hurt more. So most people in our culture carry on superficial surface level relationships. And there's plenty of people that when they ask, how many friends do you have? Oh, I have 10, 15, 20. I still have friends from high school. But my interest is always, but how level, what's the level of depth of those con- connections? Maybe we have different meanings of what friend is. And that's very true just in general. But that's why it's so important, especially during these times, to continue to remain vulnerable. But to do it in a realistic way that potentially you're only being as vulnerable as you see the person that you are communicating with is able to reach in their own vulnerability. See, if you give more vulnerability, and I've proven this many times in my personal and professional life, that if you show more vulnerability than the other person is able to access within themselves, then that's the percentage that it leads for judgment. For example, with the mathematics that we just gave with Aaron and I, he said that he feels like he shows about 70% of his authentic self. So hypothetically, if I show 100%, or we'll say realistically 95% of my authentic self, then there is like a a 25-degree difference there that that is the amount of misconception, misconstruing, misunderstanding of my actions, my words, that is available because of that separation. So see, I can help that by me being a little less vulnerable for a period of time and then raising my vulnerability, meeting Aaron at that 70%. Maybe that brings in a little bit of discipline, a little bit of structure that when I just want to go to share something with him that I just pause a little bit and go, okay, hey, is that sharing a little bit more than maybe he would share with me? See, that's not me just being um, keeping stuff to be a jerk. It's being considerate. It's that, no, that's he probably wouldn't share something at that level of importance with me. So let me just hold off on that. And we want to be the example But at the same time, if we create too much of a gap due to the laws of physics, in order to shift a frequency or vibration, you have to meet them where they're at and then slowly make the shift as they are shifting. So this is uh, kind of what got us excited to to bring this topic up. Um, These are more of kind of the conversations we were having just about what we were going to talk about today. And it seems like it's taken a good turn. So if somebody shares more than the other person, could there be like some expectations and some disappointment because they're not getting back what they're giving? Yes, and typically that is the case. Um, And once, see, once the person that is more comfortable being vulnerable, once they reach that, uh, I guess you could say, level or point of where the other person is in conversation, then see, that person starts to become uncomfortable. Now, they're finding it hard to receive, potentially, the information that's coming because they're thinking, oh my gosh, what if if Alexander wants to know something equally as important or in-depth from me? I don't know that I'm comfortable to share that. And so, see, as soon as a person goes into the mind thinking that communication, conscious communication has stopped, now we're back into just talking, And 
more than likely Aaron's going to be coming up with something to say to deflect or uh, possibly uh, react and create, you know, a major communication breakdown and see both parties hold a responsibility in that. And this is a very fine dance because those of you that are very vulnerable and very, you know, seeking intimacy, I don't want you to get too hard. I don't want you to shut down. I just want you to look at regulating because what happens with a lot of people of light or a lot of people with vulnerability is they get their feelings hurt and then they just shut down and they go, well, okay, well, then I'm not going to share at all. We'll see the darkness wins, people. All the light has to do is not run away. Darkness flees light. But when we get hurt, we got to be that tree in the storm. we got to be willing to to bend over. we got to be willing to take the hail that's coming through the storm, the literal hail balls hitting the tree, and it perseveres, and it snaps back after the storm, you know, uh, passes. So this is getting, you know, we want both parties, the people that are very vulnerable, we want you to hear this side, and those of you that are seeking to be more vulnerable, we want you to be inspired as well. There's no judgment here. It's not necessarily better if you're more vulnerable, only if you're looking for more vulnerability and intimacy in your life. And that's the case with everything we discuss on this podcast. We're not saying what's right or wrong, what's better than or worse, that kind of thing. We're helping people to see a wider perspective so that we can get away from such stagnant rights and wrongs and be able to be more vulnerable to listen to someone else's side or perspective without feeling threatened within ourselves. And that comes back to standing in our power. So I guess I'll pose the question to you, but I'll answer it for myself first. I want to know, like, why do you want to be vulnerable? Like, what do you gain from it? And from what I felt, not only do you gain that that intimate connection with that other person, but I feel like you also start to learn more about yourself because you start to push your own limits and to know, understand where those are and then continue pushing and pushing and pushing. It's almost like there's a there's layers inside of you and being vulnerable is kind of like peeling one off and then there's something there that you didn't know about yourself and you kind of experience that and surprise yourself with saying certain things to other people and it's kind of like unraveling a, a present. <laughs> yeah, or peeling the onion, many people use as a uh, description. And with that, to, to answer like why you were saying that, <laughs> I'm going to practice my vulnerability right here <laughs> because let me tell you the levels of love that is accessible on this planet is amazing but it's only accessed through that vulnerability and so thinking about what I've been through with my 27 year old boys being with them since they were three years old, losing their mother when they were 15, persevering through that, getting kicked out of their home by their dad, moving back in with me, going through relationships, learning about relationships, being pulled away from me in those relationships, coming back. And so the level of vulnerability that we have shared between the three of us is immeasurable. And... I don't know if you people know what it's like for 
three grown men to be together crying about celebrating each other. But that's what I get to experience because of the vulnerability that I decided to exercise and practice and exemplify with these young men through everything that we went through. It wasn't without failures. It wasn't through perfection. What it was through was through forgiveness, through compassion, through truly wanting to know what each other means rather than what we say. Truly caring enough to set our own preferences and judgments to the side to allow somebody to be themselves in a time where you feel like they're going down a path that you would suggest differently and to love and support anyway. And so, so that's what I have to share as, as real as I possibly can is those tears of success. And in those successes, as I said, there were so many more failures than successes to get to those successes. So those levels of intimacy, those levels of vulnerability brings that level of connection. And when you can practice that vulnerability and you can accept that you're going to get wounded, you're not going to practice vulnerability and not get hurt on this plane very often. Because the whole point is, is that as we so-called get hurt and we continue to just stand in the storm and say, no, I'm not going to allow this disappointment to shut me down in my vulnerability. I'm going to become wiser. I'm going to recognize that I didn't meet that person. I, where they were, I exceeded their level of vulnerability, able to access, able to exemplify, able to understand or comprehend. So I'm not going to shut down my vulnerability I'm going to hone my skills to discern when and where and with whom and for how long as some of the basic teachings of this philosophy. So so reaching those points or even considering these levels of vulnerability is what we will call a love warrior because you don't go through it unscathed. But I can tell you that when you do reach those levels to where people share with you um, things that they just don't share with other people, those levels of knowing someone, I was fortunate enough to get to know my mother that well. She passed three years ago, and I love my mama, people. (laughs) But see, when she passed... I was, it was able to be one of the most beautiful experiences for me because we had been vulnerable to each other. We had told our secrets. We had, told, we, had, we had dropped the roles of mother and son. We had transcended all of that. So we were friends. So when she was dying, there was no resistance. There was a celebration. She told me she was ready to go. She was looking forward to it. And I was able to support that because of the level of vulnerability that we shared. And with that, I do want to touch that five weeks before she passed, an incident happened to where she so-called disappointed me for the first time in over 15 years. 
She was playing a role for me that I had an opportunity to judge her, to get upset at her at an action that she had done with someone else. And I utilized this philosophy and I chose to accept that she was playing a role and I forgave her for it right away. And, and she was, she was so sorry that she had did this action. And I was able to tell her, mom, you're just playing a role. I love you. And this, this is not going to affect our connection. And she's the key word is she said, son, I don't know why I did it. And that's when I said, you were just playing a role, mom. And I chose to look at the one million things that this woman has done for me throughout my life and not focus on this one role that she's playing to help me to grow, to stay out of judgment, to stay out of resentment, to stay out of all of that negativity because she passed within five weeks, people. I could have ruined a lifetime of work with this person <laughs> by choosing to judge and ridicule in one moment. And this is why I'm saying don't allow one thing that somebody says or does to tear down hundreds or thousands of things that you have shared. Dance of forgiveness, people. That's vulnerability is able to access forgiveness quickly. So in wrapping that up, what vulnerability brings you is a depth of connection and love that people speak of. So-called unconditional love gets many, many different titles. But that is the beauty of being vulnerable and taking those blows and being the example for others to show them that even when they attack you when you're vulnerable, you're not going to allow that to shut you down because the darkness wins when the light shuts down. So is that possibly a reason why uh, when somebody passes, people start to have regrets because maybe they, they in their head, they, they've always wanted to connect on that level with somebody, but maybe didn't know how and thought, oh, well, sometime in the future we will. There, there's always time. And when they're gone it kind of severs that possibility. Yes, yes, and it can still be healed, but it takes, you know, um, possibly more time and effort when the person's not there. But one of the main points of this vulnerability and standing in your power is learning to speak your truth and to speak your truth in a way that is building, not tearing down, and then allowing the other person to have their truth as well and not choosing to allow that to make you shut down or make you go into reaction. And this all comes back to we're able to be more vulnerable and more intimate when we are clear in who we are, what we're about, and what we are exemplifying out in this world. When those three things are clear, who we are, what we're about, and what we want to exemplify, then we are able to stand in our power and accept other people's truths that even challenge ours, we're able to stay more vulnerable just because we're clear in who we are, what we're about, and what we're looking to exemplify. And with that, always looking to be flexible, like the tree, once again. But who we are, what we're about, and what we're looking to exemplify is the roots. The limbs that are flexible is the willingness to be able to hear anybody else's truth. And see, you're going to be much more useful and help change views 
when that other person feels received rather than confronted. So, even when I suggest to people to stand in their power and speak their truth, I like to say to consider even using a buffer to say, this is the way that I feel about this right now. You know, even something that simple can help exemplify to somebody else that, hey, although this is my truth, I'm still open. And see, that, that just starts the conversation off in a completely different way. So part of helping people to be more vulnerable is how we present things to each other. And this is, you know, in a, the, this is going to come out after a release that we're having this coming Monday to where we, you and I had a slight altercation to where an external party had an issue with something that had gone down. And we went through basically the breakdown of that. And that's what I was practicing is I wanted you to stay vulnerable because vulnerability is where wisdom is going to come from. There's no attack. And so I did my best to introduce it in a way that wasn't threatening in any way. And so maybe we can just, uh, you know, pick up a little bit there or uh, in, in what's been your experience of how you do relate to either my vulnerability or your vulnerability and the, the gap that's between there. I do feel like what you said about the gap being where there could be some judgment, I do feel like that is the case here. Again, it, it's, it's where my self-judgment comes in. And in my head, there are some things that we talk about where in the past I have been internally, like, I don't know if I would share that. Like, right. I, don't, I don't know if I would be willing to share, like, that part of my life with you at that, at that moment. So I do feel that, that in the past that has come up in my head, which you did mention earlier. So mm -hmm. I did want to verify that that was the case and, and be vulnerable in, in admitting that. Because mm -hmm. I, to me, that is a little bit vulnerable to, to admit. Because, uh, yeah, for, for all the reasons we stated below previously in this podcast, I do feel like there is sort of like that past me that I'm up against as well in breaking down these barriers for me to be more vulnerable with you. Yes. And, you know, part of my practice in vulnerability is that that emotional release earlier when when I cried, when I was, you know, talking about the that connection with my boys and, you know, and that started when you were still talking because I just started thinking about yeah, what, what do you receive out of vulnerability? And then immediately when I felt the level of love, the level of non-judgment, the level of just that, that deepest connection I feel like humans are looking for, you know, it, it made me just wail, but not in anything negative. And, and so I do my best to exemplify emotional release and show people that when you release it in a healthy way, you get right back to balance very quickly. And... That can't be faked. I can only exemplify that because I've done it so much. And, and I lived for 37 years of my life before my life partner, the boy's mother, you know, passed, being protective, not showing that, that softness of, as a male to, to show that weakness because I was raised like most males in our culture that that's not uh, seen as strength. And part of my example is to show a difference that, no, there's nothing more strong to me than emotional processing, emotional management, emotional processing, whether you're a man or woman, that to me is the most challenging experience that a human being has on this planet. 
reaction is the easiest. Learning for us to learn to be more vulnerable, to show that softness of, hey, I care here or in this sentence, or I'm suffering here in this sentence, but for it not to take away from the subject, from the sentence, but to be able to show it of, whoa, that just hit a spot that I'm willing to show I'm sensitive to. And that to me is what is going to help all of the change that most people want in our country right now is going to take time and it's going to take communication and it's going to take deliberation and time. And none of that is done by force. So, you know, microcosm, macrocosm, we can always look at something small and see kind of how it works on a larger scale or vice versa. And this podcast today on vulnerability is hopefully just a slight example of me being vulnerable, you sharing and being vulnerable, us realizing the different levels of vulnerability we're at and how we're communicating to bring those closer together, me not seeing that I have to dim my light to meet you where you are. It's not that. It's a loving, compassionate adjustment. I don't lose any of myself just because I reach you where you're at or I reach somebody else at 20%. See, I don't lose myself in that. I'm able to come right back to it just like I don't lose myself in my emotional release or crying because normally within 45 seconds it comes back around to being very grounded and centered. And that's what I want people to see that the more vulnerable that you are, the more intimacy that you experience, the more discomfort that you will go through, but then eventually the less discomfort you will go through in the long run once you basically train yourself to not be so offended by being vulnerable. Uh, in the last Q&A, I had an experience where towards the end we were talking about, which we can also get into right after this quick story, being vulnerable with people around you because it's vital in this time to let people know uh, how much they mean to you and how much that would mean to them because it's rare that I think somebody shares that uh, on a very deep and, and authentic level. And when we were talking about ways to do that and I was explaining some, I had an emotional reaction come up, but I suppressed it because, I, one, I didn't know it was going to happen, but two, I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen because I didn't know if I was, you know, I probably was going to cry and I didn't, I mean, I didn't know if it was like my role to do that, what it would look like, how long it would go on for. Like there was a lot of things to consider. So right. I just, I just suppressed it. And uh, I think if you go back and listen to it, you could hear like my tone change quickly and I like swallowed and then get right back to it. Right. Um, so anyway, I know that's not ex exemplifying what we're talking about here, but I, it did happen and I think this is what most people do. Yes, and in I think this, it's a great example. I didn't, know, I didn't know what to do, and I didn't know if I was ready to do that in front of people, especially on camera. Right, right. And I think that that is a good example, that you're setting where, you know, most people are. That we have been taught to suppress those emotions from the time we're a child. We're told to, to dry it up. We're told to quit crying. We're... we're, we're just shown that this is just not really acceptable for most people and that you have to like not show that in business and not show this in certain areas and see to me i'm more about no let's teach and exemplify the process because 
an emotional release really only has to take 30 to 45 seconds. And then you're more balanced than you were before that emotional release. And when we suppress emotional release that's ready, obviously is ready to be released or it wouldn't be up at the, the surface. When we suppress that, it does alter our consciousness, our presence, being in the present moment. We normally are thinking in our mind of some kind of fear going on, so we're missing communication that's coming in. So those are all the things that, once again, we've just been subtly trained and why intimacy and vulnerability takes practice. And that when you find people that you can trust, that they're not going to emotionally react on you, even if you fail, even if you do react, which is rare, but there are those people. For a lot of people, it's their grandparents. Because as some people, as they get older, they do get a little wiser. But what's really happened is they stop caring about the little things. And that's important. And that is part of wisdom, is letting go of the small stuff. Unfortunately, it's normally out of exhaustion with older people. So so some people can have this vulnerability with their, their grandparents different than they can, or an older person that's representative of that, uh, easier than a peer or even their intimate partner. And that separation is the trust of how is this other person going to react. But I think it's beautiful that we gave the example that even – when you have that kind of trust for almost five years that we're still hindered by our own work that we need to do. And if we don't see, you know, at this opportunity, you have the opportunity to see that I am playing a role, that I have established that safe environment. And for you to go, no, the next time that I have crying that comes up, whether it's, you know, cause we can edit it out of the podcast if we want to. But the whole point is, is that, yeah, getting comfortable with when it comes up for me to allow that to happen. And the first few times it happens, it may shut down the day. We we may not be able to hypothetically finish the podcast, but see, to me, that's okay <laughs> because we got to do that to get to the 45 seconds. But yes, most people don't open that door because they're afraid they won't know how to close it. But I've worked with people for over 12 years now professionally and people breaking down in front of me, and there's always a stop. there. And when you have support and somebody truly holding space for you, you get to that much faster than by yourself. There's nothing like that non-judgmental person that truly just holds that space for you to to let that loose. So I'm sure we'll continue to work on, on that, and I just – I. I respect you so much for, um, you know, for being vulnerable to share all this around vulnerability. And I think you were going to maybe say that if I did break down and we weren't able to finish the podcast, that it would essentially be a success. And I wanted to transition that into what a successful relationship is and how we determine that. Yes. And I think that that comes to only be clear when one or really both parties are clear of why they're in the relationship. Because for some people, yeah, it's longevity. When some people hear that someone's been together for 40 or 50 years, they go, wow. Well, to me, that's not necessarily a wow. Uh, that's just you learned how to deal with each other. But that doesn't mean that you reached any levels of intimacy. And that was the kind of relationships I saw throughout my family and that was exemplified growing up. 
So success in relationship, this was a big question at the end of one of my relationships where I was very devastated. And when I sat through many, many hours of meditation, I finally got, in my view, what a successful relationship is. I do feel like it came from the divine. That, for me, that has been my truth since that point, is that a successful relationship is dependent on what you learn from the relationship. So that could be a five-minute relationship with a homeless person on the street that you have one of the most amazing connections with, maybe because you are vulnerable. And you're willing to be vulnerable because you viewed this person as less than yourself. And you didn't go into protection. So, so seeing that, that success of relationships is, is when I can look back and I go, I learned this, 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 and this. I don't do this anymore. I've worked on that. I've let go of this. These are the areas that I've grown. The longer that conversation is, the more successful that relationship was. It really has nothing to do with the time that's spent together from my perception. From other people's perception, time may be the most important thing, longevity of the relationship. So I'll just ask you and put you on the spot again since we're doing that today. What do you call a successful relationship at this point? I mean, I do think time is ingrained in us. So, like, there's always that part of me that is fighting, you know, what I'm now growing into. So there's always that that thing where, because it's it's, it's inherently judged upon us, you it know? Like, so you asked me what was my idea of a successful relationship, but I guess I'll just alter that question to what type of relationship am I looking for? Or what am I looking for? Because I think they're kind of the same. And I would say I would be looking for a relationship where I could practice my vulnerability. That's okay. really what I'm looking for. And, and I know you might say that, well, I don't need to be in a relationship to do that. I can practice it in other places. And I think that, that so I, I have like your, your <laughs> you, you in my you head. My so response I can, yeah, I yeah, before you even say it. So I'm like, oh, well, I can, I can see that. So but, I, but, but you can't get that intimate type of vulnerability. Yeah. So, so see, yeah, we can, we should never look at lack mentality that we need somebody or something to, uh, to grow, but there is specifics. And so you can only reach that intimate uh, connection relationship with somebody that you are being intimate with. And so you can't necessarily practice that with your mother or your father or your sister. But just the fact that you're seeing that is, is huge. And that when somebody wants to practice vulnerability, then that changes like the outlook that, okay, then you may be looking for a non-reactive person, which means a possibly a less uh, social person or less prominent personality type of person. Somebody, of course, communication. There's many different variables. But once you say, hey, this is what I'm looking for in relationship, then that is what helps to create the criteria to work with, whether you want to call it your manifestation or putting the energies out there to, uh, to attract it in, law of attraction, or to go through the process of discernment, which is the practice for generators, which both of us are. But that first step is just huge, and I'm so glad that you shared, you know, just that that's where you're at today. And I think it's, it's because I've learned so much that I'm kind of, like, excited to apply it to determine whether it's 
well, I can turn it into wisdom or not, you know, right. through through experiences. I do do a lot of relationship consulting, and in that, as you asked that question, see, part of relationship, and as soon as that word comes up, people typically think of intimate. Mm-hmm. But relationship is relating, and it's the study of, like, how I've studied all of my siblings, my parents, all of the friends, my old bandmates that I used to be involved with, every relationship that I've ever had. And so it's actually in the practice of relating overall that someone is going to be more useful in giving relationship consulting, even whether that's intimate or mother-son or father-daughter, whatever it is, work environment. So understand that that is uh, how we need to expand when we're looking for help or assistance in a certain area to consider that person and their so-called failures, the amount of struggle and perseverance they've gone through rather than what just looks as successful. Well, that's a good point. Relationship, that term, usually, you know, people assume that it means an intimate relationship, but I think that's absolutely correct that it's the the uh, relating, the art of relating. Yes, and see, you can only relate as well with someone else as you can with yourself. Mm-hmm. So that is why alone time, how comfortable you are alone, to me, truly helps to understand how well of a partner you're going to be able to be with someone else. If you can't be completely comfortable by yourself and with yourself, then you're not likely to have that level of connection with somebody else that most people want because you need to be self-sufficient and your happiness to come through you, not dependent on what the other person is doing or saying. And once again, that's a different view of relating right there. So we'll keep going down the rabbit hole. We better pull back. Mm-mm-mm. That was that was delicious. Um, okay, so so in closing, what are some ways that we can all practice being vulnerable? And I think I mentioned one earlier that we discussed in the Q&A, which was just picking out people uh, and letting them know what they mean to you. I think you also uh, mentioned this in in one of your weekly videos. Yes, yes. And one place is to just start with uh, sending a message to maybe uh, a person, one to three people, maybe even every day, just picking one person that that has really inspired you or presently inspires you in your life. And it doesn't have to be every area of their life. It can be one specific area that they authentically inspire you and you could change that person's day, their week, their whole life by just telling them how much you appreciate this part that they exemplify in the world. And that is part of a practice of vulnerability from, I just want to give a compliment with nothing in return. I just want, that's true love. You know, it may not be love if you are looking for something in return is one of my sayings. So, so when we give that, practice that vulnerability of I'm not truly, I'm truly not looking for a response. Uh, I'm not looking to give a compliment to get a compliment. But the other side to practice is that when those emotions do come up, and crying wants to happen, that we we make a mental note of who I'm going to be comfortable with. When this happens, I'm going to allow it. And to say that out loud, to give it power, to say, hey, when I'm around Alexander and that, that crying comes up, hey, I trust he knows how to hold space. I trust he can help me close the door. And so I'm going to stop being protective when this happens because... 
He does it in front of me. He exemplifies it. So obviously he doesn't see that as a weakness. So sometimes we need that, that mental verbiage to go on in our head to, to give it logic for that mental state, you know, so that we can work on all five, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, the physical, and the spiritual or religious, all five of those levels. Vulnerability needs to be worked on all five of those levels. And mental is part of that, of how, they, how you think about it. And especially if the other person exemplifies it, remind yourself out loud, hey, they do this in front of me. And so, you know, I, I, I need to practice this vulnerability by allowing that to come. All right, everybody, this has been awesome. Uh, stay tuned for our three minutes of silence. Enjoy.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verities Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment it's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.